Morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, just because you receive the Lord, you're born again, that doesn't mean you're fully developed. The scripture says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Just like human beings are not born fully developed adults, they're born physically babies. And it takes time if they're fed and cared for and exercised, then over a period of time they develop into a full size adult, full strength, full abilities. Spiritually, the same thing happens when you come give your heart to the Lord, even if you're 70 years old and it's the first time you receive the Lord and, and you're born again. Well, on the outside, you're 70, but on the inside, you're newborn. Spiritually, you're newborn. Well, newborns don't know a lot <laughs> and they can't do a lot for themselves. And so thank God for the mercy of the Lord and His angels and His Holy Spirit. Thank God for good churches and good Christian elders. You, you need to be a part of a place where you can get fed and where you can be around older believers and you learn and you grow. But if you're not fed, you don't just automatically develop by a passage of time. And that's something that's uh, confusing to some folk. People say, well, I, I've been a believer for 40 years. Yeah, but you can still be an infant spiritually if you haven't been fed and you haven't exercised in the things of God. So that's one of the reasons why we start off every class talking about we're feeding our spirit, we're uh, developing our faith, and we're learning, we're growing. You know, the Bible said concerning Jesus himself as a boy, that he grew in wisdom and he grew in stature. Jesus, even though he was God manifested in the flesh, he had laid aside uh, his power as God and became truly and completely a human being. He had to learn. Isn't it interesting that the word had to learn the word? <laughs> it's an amazing thing. But he did because he really became, elsewise, anybody could always say, well, he doesn't really know what it's like to be a human being because he, he had all the powers and knowledge of God as he was. No, he does know what it's like to be a human being. And the Bible said he is, he, he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities because in all points, Hebrews said, Jesus was tempted just like we are. Well, if he operated in the omniscience of God, he doesn't know what it's like to be tempted because you don't know something. 
If he operated with the power and strength of God in him when he walked the earth, he doesn't know what it's like to be tempted because you're so weak and so unable. Can you see this? He really did become a man. He really did become a human being. The Bible said in Hebrews, one translation says he emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men. But the glorious thing about this is he showed us you can do it as a human being. You don't have to yield to sin. You can commune with the Father and please Him every day of your life. You can have faith. You can trust God. You can. He proved it. He demonstrated it so that when any human being comes after and says, it's just too hard. I can't do it. It's just not true. Jesus did it, and He did it as a human being. So you and I are growing we're growing in this. We're developing in this. And that's what faith school is about. That, you know, once you get born again, that's not the end. That's the beginning of your walk with God. And the just shall walk by faith and they live by faith and they please God by faith. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So, Father, all of us agree together today is touching this things. And we, we acknowledge the scripture is true that nothing is hidden from you and all things are open and naked before the eyes of you with whom we have to do. And so we open ourselves up and we say, Lord, build us up, build us up, make us strong for yourself and for your service and your things. And we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus name. Amen. We've been looking for weeks now in our series we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And our main text has been here in Hebrews 3, where that it says, as the Holy Spirit said, today if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your hearts like they did in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me. Now, that word's also translated tested, tested. They thought over and over again they were testing God. In fact, one of their statements on one of those events where they failed the test themselves, they said, is God among us or not? Can he do it or not? And the psalmist brings out that they said, can God spread a table in the wilderness? I mean, he did that and he did the other, but can he do this? That's not respectful. That's not believing. That's, that's not trusting. That's challenging. Saying, prove it to me, and when I see it, then I'll believe it. That's antagonistic. That's stubborn. That's defiant. That's not faith. And God, our Creator, does not owe it to us to prove any of this to us. He does not owe it to us. You, you'll find that people have this idea that just because they exist, they're somehow owed explanations and understanding and even owed a good life. Well, everybody deserves a good life. Said who? And why? And based on what? Well, everybody, just because you exist, you're owed blessing, protection, prosperity. And here's something a lot of people don't understand. 
They act like there's no God. They go and get all their education and they come out and say, there's no God. We only believe in science. And then some of these same folks, when the country gets in trouble or they get in trouble, oh, God, help us. Hold on now. Hold on. Huh? Either exists or he don't. And what you'll find is that numerous times he told the people that had forsaken him, sometimes for multiple generations, and replaced him with the Baals and the Ashtaroths and all the other junk. When they, when they got in trouble and they had no help, and they'd come and say, oh God, help us out, our enemies destroying. He said, go call your gods. Let them deliver you. Now that's not unreasonable. Because... For every benefit and blessing, they're giving credit to a rock. And then when they need help and the rock don't help, <laughs> they reach out to the real God. But then as soon as they get free again, oh, it's back to the junk. Mm -mm. Well, prove to me you exist. God, if you're real. Now, you can ask that with some humility and get some results. Lord, I, I'm not sure about all this, but please. Show, reveal, show, show yourself, help me to get to know you. If your heart's right, he'll respond to that. To, to a meek and a contrite heart. But you, you get in his face with attitude and go, well, God, if you're real, then show me. He doesn't owe you anything. You're breathing his oxygen, dummy. His gravity is holding your feet to the ground. <laughs> now, I know it sounds a little straight, but people play games with this stuff while folks are dying lost. And missing heaven. This is serious business. God does not owe us. A good life. He does not owe people. That doubt his existence. He does not owe them protection. Or provision. Or any of that. Now he has. In his grace and mercy. Through Jesus. Provided for all of this. To people who will believe him. And trust him. And follow him. But he doesn't owe explanations or protection or anything to people who reject him and doubt him and push him away, say he doesn't even exist. People contradict themselves all the time. You see people mad at a God who they said doesn't exist. That didn't make sense. Either he does or he doesn't. Are you glad that you're not confused about this class? Huh? Class, are you glad you're not confused? Yes, sir. Huh? <laughs> Say it out loud. I'm not confused. I'm not confused. I, know who God is. I know who God is. He's the only God. He's the only Creator of the heavens and the earth. Of the God of Abraham. God of Abraham. Isaac, and Isaac and Jacob. God and Father, God and Father of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. The, only the only Savior of the world. I'm not confused. I'm not confused. I know where my help comes from. Hallelujah. I know where my help comes from. Hallelujah. It is so liberating when you get your eyes off of human beings and on to the real source. Hallelujah. Because, see, people who don't believe in God or say they don't, the only source of anything is each other. That's all you got left. And that's why people, they pull on each other, they demand from each other, they even steal from each other, because this is all you got. If there's no God, is each other. 
And if I, if I want something or need something, I have to find somebody that has it and get them to give it to me and beg them for it or take it from them. Oh, but friend, when you realize the truth and you realize I don't have to beg anybody for anything. I don't have to try to get violent, take anything from anybody. There is a God. He is the source. Unlimited. Unfailing. And when I get my eyes off of people, it liberates me. Hallelujah. It's not that I don't care about you. I just don't have to have you to survive. And that makes me happy. <laughs> that sets me free. Hallelujah. Because people can be fickle, buddy. I mean, they may help you. They may not. They may help you. They may hurt you. No, you thank God for people and friends and all this. But no man, no woman should be your savior or your provider or your deliverer or your protector. They just, it's too quick that they can't do it. They don't have the ability. They don't have the resources. They can't do it. Nobody's God except God. Oh, but friend, when you get your eyes on him, it is so liberating. Then you know he has got a million and one ways of doing things that never crossed your mind. And he can do it. Can you say amen? Amen. Somebody say he can do it. it. And he will do it. And he is doing it. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Say this out loud, faith puts no pressure on people. Say it again, faith puts no pressure on people. I want to say it one more time. Faith puts no pressure on people. That includes your spouse. That includes your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad. That includes your employer. That includes your supervisor. That includes your customer. You know, as a believer, you don't have to resort to high pressure sales tactics. Because you're not just looking to them to make it happen for me. And you know, if they don't do it, God's got another way. That's not the end of everything. Say this out loud. Man is not my source. I'm not limited to what men can do. God is my source. Unlimited. Unfailing. Hallelujah. God's my source. That means all things are possible to you as you believe. And all things are possible with Him who creates and and produces It is such, you you talk about the sky being the limit. Well, it's even beyond that because he made the sky and he made space and the galaxy. So it's unlimited. That's why I say it like that, unlimited. There is no limit with him. Now we saw this and and notice it again in Psalm 78. I'll I'll just read it to you. But uh, we saw... In Psalm 78, verse 8 talked about how stubborn and rebellious that generation was. They didn't set their heart right. Verse 17, they provoked or they rebelled in the desert. But verse 40 says, you know, they, they turned and limited God 
they provoked him rather and grieved him in the desert. Then verse 41 says, they turned and limited God, the Holy One of Israel. We talked about how on yesterday's class about how that Lot's wife, when she was in the middle of being delivered, when so many people were being destroyed, just the mercy of God. In fact, they had waited too late. Lot and her and their daughters and everybody, they had, it got to the point where the Bible said the angels grabbed them by the hand and took them. They literally, they're so powerful, they just grabbed them and they are, I don't know exactly how it's happening, but they are scooting them across the ground and getting them a distance away from this thing because hailstones, giant boulder size and fire and everything is coming down and wiping this place off the map and they are out of time. They didn't even have enough time to get enough distance to get to a safe distance. And so the angels had to literally do that. And here she is pulling against and looking back. See, this another way of saying this, she is despising the mercy of God. Can you see how serious this is? Somebody said, well, man, that seems harsh that she just became a pillar of salt and just froze in time and space. It's not harsh. It's her choice. Can you see this? She judged herself unworthy of mercy and deliverance. She's being delivered along with her husband and her daughters, and she despises it. She wants to be destroyed with them. She wants to be consumed with Sodom. See, she hadn't just got in Sodom. Sodom had gotten in her. Can you see this? And that was the issue with the Israelites that God brought out of Egyptian bondage. He got them out of Egypt, but what didn't he get out? He didn't get Egypt out of them. In fact, Ezekiel goes into detail, the prophet talking about how that all, even all those 40 years, they were still lugging around their idols that they had worshipped in Egypt. See, they had gotten caught up in all the pantheon of gods and goddesses that they were worshiping in Egypt. See, they worshiped the Nile. They worshiped the sun. They worshiped uh, fertility gods and gods of all this kind of stuff. Well, God's people, whom he had delivered through signs and wonders, he split the Red Sea. A bunch of them are still packing around Idols and sun gods and river gods and all that. What am I saying? He got them out of bondage. He got them out of slavery. He got them out of Egypt. But they never got Egypt out of them. It had gotten in them through actually, see, they'd been in there, their, their people had been in there for 430 years. And so this whole Egyptian they were more Egyptian than they were Hebrew by that time. The culture, everything. They even worshipped their gods, even though they're their slaves. And that's what has to happen. Now, how many remember Romans talks about this? In fact, let's, let's just read it. Romans, the 12th chapter. This is what the Lord's talking about when he said, I beseech you, brethren, Romans 12, 1, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies 
a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. When we believe on Him, when we trust Him, the next step is to serve Him. Now this is, a, this is a big reason why you need to be a part of a church, a local church family. Because even though we've got internet and we've got broadcasts like this and everything, and that's great for you to be fed by, but how do you serve on the other side of a camera? How do you serve behind a screen? So you can't serve remotely. And how do you support? with not just your money, but your time and your talents and your graces. You need to be a part of service, service to God's people, service to his church, service to his gospel. It goes on to say, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Had they gotten conformed to Egypt? Yeah, they had. Lot's wife, had she become conformed to Sodom? Yeah. She, she was a, a resident of Sodom. And she liked everything about it. She liked the lifestyle. And see, so, you know, when those angels came to assess the situation and for deliverance of Lot, and they said uh, Lot came by and saw him out in the street, and he said, uh, come stay with me. And they said, no. We'll just stay out here. He said, no, you don't want to stay out here. See, this is, this is why Sodom was about to be destroyed. You see exactly what happened. And he finally convinced them, no, come, come, you know, come stay in the house with me. And I mean, they hadn't been inside but a short time, and a mob formed outside the door. The men said, all the men of the city, they're beating on the door of the house, demanding that they saw these guests come in, somebody did, and they're demanding to have sex with them. Now, see, this is what happened in Noah's time. The whole earth had just gone full blown corruption and violence. It was just violence everywhere. And see, faithless people, that's all they know is take what they want from somebody else. If you have no faith, remember what I kept saying, faith does what? Puts no pressure on people. Why? Because you're looking to God to, to satisfy you in every way. You're looking to God to take care of you, provide for you, protect you. But faithless people, many of them don't say they don't even believe in God. What are they doing? They're going to take it from you. Whatever you have that they want or they think that they want. And so that whole Sodom and Gomorrah, those whole, they were big cities and thousands and thousands of people. That whole place had become absolutely rotten and violent. And that's why he said, you can't stay out here uh, outside a building at night. And this is Lot, and he's wealthy. And you know he lives in a good part of town. But he said, you can't, you can't stay out here. And, and the enemy, he got all of humanity at that point in Noah's time, that the whole inhabited world was just full-blown violence all the time, killing, maiming, raping, stealing. It was just 
The enemy is always trying to get the earth at that place again. And the only thing that's holding it back is the Spirit of God and the salt of the earth and the light of the earth. Uh, righteous and, and moral people and saved people, as long as there's some salt, it'll be preserved. But there's coming a time when the church is going to be taken out, and man, when that happens, this thing is going full tilt, rotten, corrupt, violent. But until then, as long as the church is here, there'll be reprieve. There'll be time. There'll be sparing. Why? Because the gospel must be preached, and the church is still being built. Can you say amen? amen. But, but notice he said, don't be conformed to this world, this, world, this ungodly, corrupt, unbelieving, violent world. Don't be conformed to that. But be what? Transformed. Somebody say, not conformed, but transformed. Transformed. How does it happen? That's why we're having faith school right now. Why does it happen? By the renewing of your mind. And what's the result of your mind being renewed? So you can prove, you can test and discern and distinguish what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And by contrast, what is not. You, you find out what's God and what's not God. What's his will? What's not his will? What's his plan? What's not his plan? What's his ways, his person, his character, and what is not? But see, the reason they were kept out of the promised land, the Bible said, was because of their unbelief. And what was their unbelief revealed in? Their refusal to believe. And their clinging to that old ungodly, in their case, Egypt. Go to 2 Peter, please. 2 Peter. Said out loud where you're going, I refuse to be conformed to this ungodly world. I am being transformed by the renewing of my mind, by the anointed Word of God. And I am learning and discerning what is his good and acceptable and perfect will and what is not. The Bible said in verse uh, 2 Peter 2, 18, it said, People speak swelling words of vanity, and they, through the lust of the flesh, those who were clean escape. Verse 19, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. It's not free to sin, it's in bondage to sin. For of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought in bondage. If they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, the latter end is worse than the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they'd known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered. It's happened to them, according to the true proverb, the dog is returned to his own vomit, the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. That's what going back to bondage is. Back to the filth when you were washed. Back to what you were delivered from. That spirit of fear that grips people, that unbelief, that laziness, 
that defiance and rebellion, we're not going to go that way. Is that right? Say it, say it out loud. Never going back. Never back to bondage. I am delivered. I am free. And I am moving up and ahead in God. Hallelujah. Well, that's it again for today. Our time is up. I'm so excited about what God is doing in you. But come back next time. There's more to see. You always need to keep building your faith up. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School.